My name's Rat, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Another deviant riffic episode of Fanholes Transformers Tuesdays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and I am joined tonight by two, count them, two of my fellow transforming enthusiasts. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Derek, are your logic circuits filled with rust, or are you simply a dimwit? Uh, don't make me crash the podcast because you know i'm gonna be alive at the end of that and you guys are gonna be <laughs> dead but it's mike in whatever case uh hey guys did you like seasons one and two of transformers then this is the comic for you <laughs> is it is it really <laughs> transformers ends at the 20 minute mark of transformers the movie <laughs> there's nothing after that this ends here megatron Prepare to meet your end at the hands of Optimus. Look at me, Optimus! I'm helping! Hot Rod, no! Get out of the way! I'm helping! Behold, as I scar a generation of children! Ugh. Hot Rod, you fuck up! Just to let everybody in on the joke, what we are discussing tonight is a... Is this a one-shot, Mike, or are they going to have more of these? I assume it's a one-shot. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, so then it's totally horrible, because I was kind of well, going with the premise of, like, well, if there are more of these, they might get better, but... Yeah, well, they did a whole, like, month of... I Like, all their properties had, so, like... So, like, all the titles had... Yeah, so X-Files, like, Turtles, G.I. Joe, and something... Oh, and Ghostbusters all had one. So I guess this was, like, a line-wide thing. It's It's very similar. IDW is calling it deviations so we're discussing transformers deviations and essentially what it is is their version of a what if so just like you know dc can't call their titles what ifs they're basically else worlds you know whatever kind of alternate universe type scenario you want to apply to it this is the idw version of what ifs or else worlds or whatever and looking at you know a, a familiar story from a different vantage point and pretending some events unfolded differently and in this case this is a vantage point that we are all intimately familiar with that we have much appreciation and reverence for which is transformers the movie now this one shot basically came out march 2016 it was written by a gentleman named Brandon M. Easton, and he has the claim to fame of being a writer on Agent Carter, which doesn't win him any brownie points with me, but, you know, maybe <laughs> your mileage may vary and you think Agent Carter is awesome, so, you know, that, that may win you some brownie points. Uh, the art is by a wonderful lady named Priscilla... Let's see if I can get this right. It is Priscilla Tramontano. So that is who is doing the art, which I thought the art was pretty good on this. What did you guys think? Um, it was very movie-esque, if you will. Uh, all the characters look like they did kind of in that uh, old uh, uh, remastered comic version that they did of the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the the, thing, yeah. Even the, um, the, the sort of forward or whatever where they they do like previously in you know like some of that art came from that adaptation of transformers the movie yeah that, that was like the don figueroa yeah, adaptation yeah. yeah they did in like when they first got the license i think almost yeah but i guess i will say i will say one thing though and this is nothing against her she's a much better artist than i ever will be but we are you know we're, we're known for nitpicking she doesn't draw very good jets all right yeah fair enough <laughs> Fair enough. 
and and in 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 Transformers, you probably would want to be fairly good at drawing jets, since so many people transform into jets. But I, I think yeah. what I'll what I'll go yeah. ahead and do is just read the IDW write up so people get the basic idea of what this is. I mean, hopefully we've explained it pretty well that it's a what if, but we'll tell you exactly the details of what the what if is in the little mini synopsis. In a world where Optimus Prime never died, one would stand and one would fall. And we all know Optimus Prime fell. But how would history have played out if he hadn't? Would the Autobots have still stood triumphant in their darkest hour? Or would Unicron have reigned supreme? So that's basically their little high-level write-up of the actual story. But yeah, th this is kind of what it is. It's, it's basically saying, what if Optimus Prime hadn't died in Transformers the movie? Now, I suppose there's a number of ways you could get to that end, but I guess the way they chose to do it was to make Hot Rod a duty head, you know, like, or at least that's what <laughs> it felt like, you know, so I, I wasn't too keen on this per se, because I think if anybody's listened to our shows, they know I'm a, you know, fairly big advocate and proponent of Hot Rod. He is my favorite Transformer. So it's not like I was like super thrilled reading this, but again, I thought it, you know, it was something simple to read. It's something that most of us are intimately familiar with. It's nothing we had to read like, you know, a hundred issues of to understand, you know, the story. It's, it's pretty clear, you know, there's, uh, you know, it, it opens pretty much in medias reus, you know, it's like in the middle of, the battle at Autobot City, you know, and and you've got. And, and I mean, it, it really does start off like like the the original story did. Like what what ifs usually do? They kind of start with that point where you're familiar with it, and that, that's that's always a good thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I don't fault them for the premise. It sounded like an interesting premise. I just you know, I I think the the tone and the the way events sort of played out felt kind of like harsh criticism of say something that I thought we were long since over, which is, you know, I, I guess, you know, the, the, the contingent of the Transformers fan base who decided like season three was terrible and ruined their cartoon or whatever, you know, like that, that's kind of what the, the, the overarching vibe I got from, from reading the story, you know, that like, I, I, I didn't want to ask you guys, um, what was the point where, you saw how it was going to go down. Um, I was going to say my point was there. There's a point where where Cup holds Hot Rod down and he like keeps her from saving Hot Rod. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's that's how we get to where we're going with this. What if? And then later on, uh, Ultra Magnus is kind of dressing Hot Rod down, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how that's kind of how Ultra Magnus is. You know, he's he's kind of a dick sometimes. So I was okay with that. Then Hot Rod trying to be you know a good guy. Realizing him and Ultra Magnus, you know, bickering after Optimus, you know, steps in, he's like, you know, our our fallen comrades, they will, you know, forever be a part of Cybertron and the Matrix. And then Cup backhands him across the back of the head, like, you know, don't speak about the Matrix. And I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> I, I, you know, for me, I think it was almost, well, I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I, I, I think it was kind of earlier than that because, see, I, I, I think it's important to discuss what people actually thought was going on in that scene in Transformers the movie. And so many fans have seen that movie so many times. I mean, I'm sure we all have our own interpretations of what we think is going on in Optimus Prime's mind during that confrontation, what we think Megatron had planned to do had Hot Rod not gotten in the way. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think, and I think the way the writer goes with it is, is a little odd to me because, you know, it's like, okay. So like you said, cup tackles hot rod. Like, so he basically, you know, tackles him to the ground and he cannot interfere with Megatron and prime's battle, you know? And, and if you listen to the lines in the film, you know, basically, you know, before, Optimus Prime takes out like every single Decepticon in the entire army. He says, one shall stand and one shall fall. And then, 
Megatron says, why throw away your life so recklessly? He says, that's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. And then they get into the fight. The music blares. Everybody knows it. You know, we've all seen it a gabillion times. Like, we know how this goes down. And then, you know, you've got the scene where I suppose you could leave it open to interpretation where you're sitting there and the fight is pretty much done. He's defeated Megatron, but Megatron is now sort of fusion cannon-less off in the corner. And what he notices, what he spies with his Decepticon eye, is a blaster that is underneath some pulled-up Metroplex-esque Autobot City machinery that's, you know, craftily hidden out of Optimus Prime's line of vision. And Prime basically says, you know, well, you know, of course, Megatron's like pleading for mercy. You know, please, Optimus Prime, grant me mercy, I beg of you. And Prime says, I thought you were made of sterner stuff. And, you know, there is that interpretation and take that you could say, well, Prime knew something was going on. Prime knew he was going for a gun. Prime is like John Wayne in the Old West, and he's preparing for another showdown, you know, like those kind of things. You know, I mean, conceivably, you could have had it where Megatron pulls the gun and Prime shoots it out of his hand, and then that's the end of it, and Hot Rod doesn't interfere. In this case, in in the deviation, the what if, you know, all this kind of nonsense to keep Hot Rod out of the battle, and I, I thought it was weird just at this point. Like, you asked me where I lost you know, my way with the story. But it's like, in this point, Megatron picks up the gun. Prime should be able to, like, shoot it out of his hand, from my perspective, the way the art's drawn. But then he takes the time to aim. And you're thinking, well, if he took the time to aim, you'd think he'd shoot straight. But then he misses. And he only grazes Optimus Prime. And he, like, damages his little head antenna. And this is the part that totally lost me. Optimus Prime says, forgive me, and then shoots him in the head. And it's not because I have any sanctimonious crap about, you know, Superman shouldn't snap somebody's neck or whatever. My thing is, what the hell happened to five minutes ago when they said one shall stand, one shall fall? It seemed pretty fucking clear that that was going to result in one of those two <laughs> assholes dying. And now that you finally got him dead to rights and you're going to blow off his head, you ask for forgiveness before you do it? Like, what? I... I don't get it. Like, that seems to me to be two totally divergent philosophies and paths. And, like, it seems like, did you listen to what 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 came actually before you, you deviated from this? Like, it's like you sort of have to be sort of on the train tracks. And it's fine if things take a different path. But it seems like, you know, that like, to me, it seemed like it was totally, it just didn't acknowledge what had come, like, a few minutes before. So So for me, that's where I sort of lost my way with it, I guess. It's just like, forgive me Autobots for, like, being a killer. But, like, forgive me to Megatron. Like you said, he's like, he just said, you know, one of us is going to kill each other. It's like, is he saying, forgive me for living? You know, is he apologizing for the story? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's this, I think it was a weaker version of a scene I kind of like in the UK comics where Optimus and Ultra Magnus, like, infiltrate the Decepticon base. They come, come in contact with Megatron, and they, like, beat him down. And, like, the whole mi purpose of that mission was to kill Megatron. So they, they have Megatron on his knees, and Optimus says, I think, I don't have the exact quote, but it's something to the effect, for what it's worth, like, I wish there was another way, but for the good of all, you have to die, Megatron. And then, obviously, he doesn't kill him there, but, like, something interrupts them, but, like... That like that was a better way of putting it, I guess, than just like that. that would have been forgive fine, yeah. me is yeah. Forgive me is just yeah. Like not only like wrong, completely wrong for like like you said, Derek, the tone of that scene, but it's just like a misread of like Optimus Prime's morals, I guess. I mean, like, I mean, they should have just gone totally off the rails and just been like, "Forgive me, I always loved you." You know, what I mean, like fuck it, just go all in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go go all in, right? Yeah. And it's like now Transformers deviation is slash fic, you know, or whatever. But yeah, before we like get too far, because I know we're not going to go back this again. I am also like you, Derek. I'm pro Rodimus Hot Rod. I think in his heart or whatever Transformers have, he saw the purple gun like in the movie and he didn't run out to be a glory hog like everybody says, you know, like fucking up like I can save the day. Blah. He thought that Megatron had unfair advantage. and He was trying to save his mentor. So I really wish people would get off that whole thing of like, you know, 
Rodup was just fucking up to fuck up. You know, it's like, no, he thought he saw something nobody else did. So point to Rodham is the movie version point away from whatever they're doing with him here. So, but uh, yeah, go ahead. There's, there's, there's also something I don't think a lot of people discuss about the movie and maybe it's just my imagination, but I've seen the scene so many times I can't help but notice it. But when Megatron is shooting Optimus repeatedly, he, right he before the last shot, the wound, he starts. Right? Yeah, but right before the last shot, Optimus starts to raise his gun because he knows like he he's got he like it's it's almost like he's like decided well I have to shoot now because otherwise Megatron's gonna live and mm. like no matter like if Hot Rod's in trouble or not I have to shoot but then it's <laughs> too late by that point it's too late and Megatron like downs him like but you if you watch that scene closely. Like, the last couple seconds before Optimus finally falls, he starts to raise his gun. So, like, I always thought, like, that was a, like, oh, crap, like, things are going south. I have to take action now. But he's too late at that point. <laughs> Go ahead and shoot the kid. <laughs> I mean, I, I always took it as one, like, uh, like, he, Megatron had sliced Optimus in the, the, like, lower abdomen or whatever. And, like, that's what Megatron aimed for in the movie because that portion of him was already exposed. That's why it was so fatal, that gunshot. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, that's not a fusion cannon. Like, why does this little pea shooter kill Optimus Prime? Even though even though they mistakenly gave it the fusion cannon sound effect right, and co right. colored it black in that scene, even though it was purple when it was on the ground. Yeah, but but I mean, I guess, you know, like for me, like I, I guess you can, you can argue about like the intent and... You know, I, I think I kind of agree with Tony, like Hot Rod definitely thought he saw something that nobody else saw. I don't think you could really know that Opt it seemed like Optimus was ready for something, but I don't know that he necessarily knew there was a pistol there underneath the rubble. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like he was ready to like, oh, you want mercy? I think you're playing at something. You're biding your time. I don't know what you're planning, but... I'm ready to shoot you in a second if you make a if you twitch. But then before he twitched, Hot Rod got in the way and then and then, you know, basically wrestled with him. But then, you know, to me, I always start to wonder, well, if Optimus Prime's such a great guy and a hero, it's like, you know, you, you see scenes like this in the movies all the time where somebody's got somebody held hostage. And then, you know, Jack Bauer or whoever just shoots the fucking asshole in the head and the other person's just fine, you know? So I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess it's yeah. it's it's part of the plot. It's part of the story. You know, it's part of, you know, quote unquote destiny that that Hot Rod later has visions of later on where it seems like even the Matrix is like, hey, this story kind of blows, dude. This is what's really supposed to happen, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But yeah, well, I was like I was going to say before, or like we got into any serious discussion, but like. I feel like even though what if Optimus Prime had lived is probably like the biggest like what if you could think of like in the Transformers like universe, it, it kind of fails to address the, the point that like if Optimus Prime does live, the movie like the plot of the movie doesn't work. Like the move, the plot of the movie is broken basically. So and it, it, like it, it's hard to go somewhere interesting from that point afterwards. And I think this comic kind of proves that. Like, you know, you know, Octopus Pride, does he live or die? I mean, that was the whole crux of the commercial, you know. It, was, it wasn't really Unicron. And, I mean, yes, Unicron is a big part of the movie, but like you said, the, the whole impetus for going on this adventure is Optimus Prime dying. You know, they, they lost their leader. They have to try to, you know, fight the Decepticons. And because of that fight, you know, Megatron is turning out. I mean, like I said, everything comes from that moment. So it does leave you at a weird starting point because there's points where they're like, Hey, take Daniel with you. And they're like, what happened to spike? You know, it's like, I don't know. It's like, you got ate by a giant plant or something. I don't know. And it's like, thanks. You know, it was like, there's so many things kind of unaddressed. So yeah, I agree that, that that's a hard, it, it's an interesting idea. Like Derek said, but the, the, the execution so far has not been very good. <laughs> I know that Tony mentioned, like he thought maybe, Ultra Magnus dressing down Hot Rod m might have been in character. I don't know if it's more in character for the Ultra Magnus that we know from the IDW comics or not. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Mike? Because I know some people point to that as the moment where this comic lost them, where they, they started realizing, like, I, I know, you know, Tony said when Cup sort of, you know, lambasted him, like, out of, like, some kind of almost 
uh, it was almost like religious chastising, like don't don't use the Matrix's name in vain, lad, or what? Uh, you know, that's kind of how it came across, you know. But I, I'm just kind of curious what yeah. you thought about Ultra Magnus kind of basically <sighs> going, "Hey, Hot Rod, like you're dumb," and then it's like, "Well, no, I'm not." <laughs> and it's like, "Yes, you are." And then Prime's like, "Boys, boys, get on the ship together and go fight there." You know, like that's kind of what it felt like, but. Oh, I guess, like, I, I feel like if Hot Rod is, like, bumped down to, like, you know, number two, if Optimus is still alive, then that means Ultra Magnus is bumped down to, like, number three. So, like, I feel like Ultra Magnus gets it, like, twice as bad in this comic as, like, Hot Rod does. But, yeah, like, his attitude, like, I think this is the product of someone who is still stuck in that, like, yeah, old mindset that people should have left behind long ago, that, like, Ultra Magnus is a jerk or something, and, you know, the, the can't deal with this now, like, I don't know, like, people all thought, like, there was a time when everyone, like, hated Ultra Magnus for, like, that line, and just, you know, generally being, like, you know, an upright, like, stiff guy or whatever, but I, I feel like we, we should have moved on beyond that, like, for the most part. And I, I felt like his whole portrayal in this comic was, like, couched in a flawed viewpoint of him, basically. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of prejudice to season three or basically everything past the first, you know, 20 or 30 minutes of Transformers the movie. I mean, if this is supposed to be a celebration of the movie, it sort of fails in that regard because the characters that it's trying to pass the torch to ultimately do not get that torch passed you know it's kind of like watching star trek generations and then instead of passing the torch to picard they're like you're just like negotiating you're lame and then picard explodes and then that's it you know and you're like <laughs> dude wait what and then and then kirk like you know basically is captaining the enterprise d for like the rest of the movie and you're just kind of like that that i mean you know i don't know it's weird i mean i get it like i i suppose from from a perspective of vantage point of oh you know the transformers the movie done my g1 season one and two characters wrong perspective i mean i suppose you know you, you could say or suggest that turnabout's fair play like these are my quote unquote you know i'm only speaking for myself but these are my beloved season three characters and then they kind of get you know in, in my point of view they kind of get rimrodded in this storyline i mean i would say they get alpha flighted they, they do yeah yeah i mean i mean you know i guess just continuing on with with some of the actuality of of the deviation and what story points change i mean you know you've got unicron and since megatron is now officially dead he's headless you know basically starscream becomes the leader of the decepticons without opposition unicron instead of chowing down on the moon bases first goes straight to cybertron and now cybertron is being bartered for basically between starscream and unicron starscream agrees to the same deal that megatron did pretty much and he becomes mega scream which i thought was kind of like what what uh, uh, he's like, like Megatron. He looks like Galvatron now. I'm like, huh? <laughs> I don't even know if he reminded me of Galvatron. I just, I don't know. No, I, but he's horrible. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wasn't. I, I mean, I wasn't too keen on that. I don't know what you guys felt about that moment. I, I was just kind of disappointed that, like, I was kind of, like, looking forward to, like, oh, like, how's Unicron gonna, like, reformat Starscream? Like, there's, you know, the potential to do something interesting here. Like, I don't know, like, give him, give him his, like, Machine Wars body or do mm -hmm. something. But then when he came, when he showed up as, like, yeah, yeah, like, when he showed up as Mega Scream or whatever, I was like, oh, that's it? Like, oh, okay. Like, that that's kind of the... Uh, I don't know. I was expecting at least some kind of like fan wank or something interesting, but not nada. You know what really kind of like cheesed me off is Unicron, by and large, is always treated as a very serious character. I mean, he's a giant fucking planet. He destroys worlds. He's he's the Galactus of you know the Transformers lore. And here's Starscream bargaining with him, and for a good bit of it, it is like the Galvatron bargaining, which I'm totally okay with. And then Starscream is like, it also reformat all my troops to poor powerful versions. And Unicron says, don't press your luck. 
And that is more of yeah. a comedic kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, don't press your luck. <laughs> We're friends. You know? I was like, no, no, one, you know what I also thought was, like, odd and, like, I don't know, probably, like, a little disappointing was it's kind of like, like, they, they still dump Thundercracker and Skywarp and the Insecticons out of Astro Train, but, like, they get one, like, panel where it's, like, without Megatron to bargain for their survival, like, Unicron just eats them. And I was like, okay, well, I guess you didn't want to deal with them. So, like, I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. Like, okay, whatever. It's like, it's another way to get rid of a third season character. No Cyclones, no scores. Fuck them. What's that supposed to mean? Well, and you'd think that, you know, I mean, not only Sky, Skywarp and, and Thundercracker, who seem to be, you know, I mean, yeah, they weren't the leaders, but I mean, they're not unintelligent. It's not like they couldn't have tried to barter for their isn't, lives or something isn't, like that. Isn't isn't, isn't like Shrapnel the leader of the Insecticons? Yeah, and isn't like, isn't Kickback's whole thing like bargaining with people or, you know, talking <laughs> like, you know, making friends with them and stuff yeah. like, you know, he could have like, you know, so he's kind of like swindle almost. He could have like sold Unicron on something. But well, yeah. like you said, Tony, it's probably because they he just didn't want to deal with Cyclonus and Scourge. So I just thought it was almost like a Simpsons moment when they were like going into the mall. They should just have like Thundercracker's cover. But I regret saying <laughs> It's it's kind of weird too because it seems like one of those things where yeah you know John Byrne had always said about the Man of Steel miniseries that if he had to do it over again that he would have not opened with Krypton he would have just ended with Krypton because he was so not I I guess stuck is a bad word but he was so familiar with the lore you know rocketed to Earth as a baby and all that kind of stuff from the planet Krypton, he, he instinctively opened with it. And it's like, you're so familiar with Transformers, the movie. It's like, Oh, well, instinctively Unicron's going to go to Cybertron and he's going to have to make a deal with somebody. And it's like, well, if Starscream's the leader, he must make a deal with him. Right. But it's like, you start wondering, it's like, if he's pushing his luck to get his troops reformatted, like what, what's in it for Unicron to reformat, Starscream. Like, I don't get it. Like, if he eats Cybertron right now, where's fucking Prime and the Matrix Bearers? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like what if he eats Cybertron and he eats both moons? Like, then what? Then they're on fucking Quintessa or the planet of junk and some goo like you know what i mean like i i don't know like it just seemed like they were like it's like it's like they they yeah. were trying to deviate but then they were so slavish to the movie in certain regards in terms of where things went next that you're just kind of like well okay this is kind of you know I, I guess sort of uninventive in a way, like, cause you're like, okay, so, so now mega scream is doing what Galvatron and scourge in the sweeps and Cyclonus would have been doing, which is attacking the two shuttles. It's like, why do they go on these two shuttles? Like in the original movie, they went because jazz and cliff jumpers moon base was eaten. Right. Because they got a radio yeah. distress call for help. But that doesn't happen in this movie. So why the fuck are they going on these shuttles? Like, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, that. that's part of it that, like, doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, anyway. And then we get waylaid by more jackassery. Because we have, uh, we have the unlikely buddy cop duo of Ultra Magnus and Rod, Hot Rod, on the shuttle. And, okay, at this point, Ultra Magnus, even if I was, like permissive of his dickishness earlier now he's just full-on dick mode anything hot rod says is stupid and you're dumb and they're getting sh he, shot he, at he he, yeah. he accuses hot rod of being a traitor like that too yeah you're you're imagining our leader dead you're a traitor <laughs> well yeah he, he has the visions of the original movie and and he's a stop stop doing treasonous dreams or whatever and all he's trying to do is understand why he's having these visions right and then and then when when mega scream i can't even say that with a straight face but when mega scream right. uh, attacks like the the quote-unquote like magnus's team shuttle which hot rod is now on right because optimus has assigned him there it's like hot rod wants to do this hard reverse which i guess basically is just you know le letting the other ships you know 
sling past them or whatever, which, you know, in the middle of this battle seems to be better than, I can't deal with that now, let me separate the saucer section and all that other shit, right? And to him, it seems like a good idea. Of course, everybody tells him not to do this, but they don't really offer any alternatives, and they all end up getting shot up and wounded. So Hot Rod's basically just like, all right, fuck it, I'm just going to do it myself. And he does it, but then they have engine, like, trouble, basically, which... I, I don't know, like, I, 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 you get the idea, like, they're either dead in the water, but then later Optimus is something about, you know, the plasma they energy chamber. Years away. <laughs> yeah, zapped them far, far away, and it's like, why? Because that's what happened in Transformers the movie? Like, if you're going to put them dead in the water in space, then they can't go to fucking um, the planet of junk. So, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, that, yeah, it's just... You know, anyway, it, it seemed to be like a way to basically chastise these season three characters. And, and ultimately, it seems like what it results in is the ship is so banged up, the only people who can get away are Hot Rod and Daniel. And Magnus has like one redeeming moment where he's dying and he's like, all right, save Daniel and go help Prime. We're we're. Well, we used up all our power. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, like, and that's the end of it. And it's like one of those things where you're like, dude, like you saw Springer and RC for like what, like three seconds, and Perceptor. Yeah, Springer you know? had one line. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and, and now they're I, all I, like I I I quoted Springer's one line where he calls Hot Rod a dimwit, <laughs> which I thought yeah. was I don't know. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I and yeah. They're, yeah, they're very out of character because Springer's like one of Hot Rod's buddies. You know. And then, and then you you can see sort of the inherent bias because when Optimus lands on Quintessa with Cup and the Dinobots, Cranix doesn't get executed. They don't get captured. Prime actually is the one leading the charge instead of Grimlock banging down the door and basically essentially brings all these you know crazy and the biggest the big, to justice you know let me tell you the biggest like prime cred thing of all in that scenario they managed to avoid wheelie entirely yeah See, they, they, <laughs> he doesn't even they, run they, into wheelie wheelie yes. basically <laughs> doesn't exist and then they also managed to avoid w without intending well probably it's it's totally intentional but somehow they managed to avoid meeting any junkions at all. Yeah, no junkies yep. at all. Yeah. Which again, it's I, like I you don't, you don't have to my... kill them off. They don't have to be complete idiots. But again, you can sort of see like, well, clearly there's a disdain for a anything season three related. I, I was going to say like my my avatar this week because it was kind of a funny uh, panel, but also kind of badass. Is when Optimus Prime does not down the door to the uh, tribunal chamber. There's like three or four shark guys running in front of him on fire, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, Help! But uh, I, I will say, um, and this is just because in the movie I thought the same thing. I kind of wanted Kranix to live anyway. I like Kranix. I don't know why it's just one of those characters you liked, but I would have been totally fine with Hot Rod saving him too. And it's not because Optimus Prime saved him, I thought it was cool. I just wanted that character as a character to live. And that was kind of cool. That like One of the one things out of this what-if or deviation that I thought was kind of neat was like, oh, yay, Kranix is you know not going to be in Season 3 because it's not going to happen now because half the characters are dead, but he's alive, so that's cool. I, I felt like that was less about saving Kranix and more about giving another feather in Prime's cap in this. Yeah, he, he, he did yeah. it the right way. Yeah. And then, like, there's that scene where Kranix is like, oh, he, where it tells him about Unicron and stuff, and he's like, oh, you guys should, like, go off and not fight him and go and live your lives in peace. And Prime's like, bitch, we ain't doing that. We're gonna have to go and smack Unicron down. <laughs> like, bitch. By the way, did I forget to call you bitch, bitch? <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, uh, to, to go on that one thing Derek said, is like, they make this whole thing about them landing on the planet of junk. You know, they're like, you know, even Optimus Prime, you know, in their shuttle, they say, oh, they're going to land on Junkion because Cup's there. He knows, like, roughly where it is. And you think, oh, cool, we're going to at least see, like, Rekgar and stuff. No. The, apparently the planet's abandoned because it's just Hot Rod and Daniel sitting there. And again, we have Hot Rod feeling bad for himself and being like, I killed all my friends. And I'm like, not really. They, they, they kind of killed themselves. I mean, they... Uh... 
they pretty much didn't have any plan. They said, oh, well, let's just go ahead and crash into the planet. And you didn't do anything, dude. Like, if anything, you were trying to do something. So I, I don't get his remorse, you know? Well, sp- speaking of, like, that scene on Junk where Hot Rod's, like, lamenting and Daniel's talking to him, like, the mark of, like, weak writing sometimes for me, like, one of the marks of weak writing is writing unconvincing dialogue for a child. And, like, like Daniel sounded, like, I don't know, like, way more, like, I don't know, mature, I guess, than he should be, basically. <laughs> like, so, I don't know, that that really took me out of it, too. And look, as you can see from my avatar, I like that one panel where Optimus Prime's like, you will watch Daniel. And Daniel just kind of looks like, uh, like, I feel embarrassed to be here. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't want to be in this story anymore. He's like, he's like, this is kind of better than those timeline issues where they murder me and Willie, but not by much. <laughs> but not by much. Uh... I nearly was the major dumb headmasters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then, and then of course, like, I mean, th- there's not too much to the story after that. I mean, at that point, like, basically because Cranix fills them in on Unicron, I mean, they have a little discussion with the rest of the living Autobots. But, I mean, Prime basically heads out solo to face Unicron on a shuttle. And, of course, he's he's accompanied by a shadowy figure that is clearly hot rod i mean there's no real question about it's, it it's a hot rod it's like what is that mysterious hot rod <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know and so and then and then out of nowhere it's like you know i guess they they were trying to emulate the battle between galvatron and and hot rod in the innards of unicron but in this case i guess it is a battle between mega scream and optimus but it's even weirder than that because he somehow merges with all of his Decepticon lieutenants. And then he, I, I, I could be mistaken, but to me it looked like he was like a giant gestalt that looked like Armada Starscream. Like, that's what I took out of it. I don't know what you guys took out of it. There's images of, like, online of people who have customized uh, Cyclonus from Combiner Wars to be Starscream. And I think he was originally going to be in the line. And I think this was kind of like a fan link of like, hey, here's Combiner Wars Starscream. And everybody's like, we don't care. Mm. I, I think it's even like less than that. Like I, I, I'm when Brandon Easton was writing this, I'm, I don't think he even like thought of like Combiner Wars. I, I think he just thought of like, wouldn't it be cool if like Starscream could combine with everyone? Like, I, I don't know, like some stupid like, you know, one of those like, wouldn't it be cool if the Dinobots could combine ideas? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, shut your mouth. I'm sure. Yeah, like I'm sure there are elements of like other star screams in that design, but like I don't know. It didn't look like specific enough to like. Like I said, when I first saw the mega scream design, I was like, oh, that's just something new and like generic kind of. It's not. It's not hearkening back to anything. No, no, I I don't think it did. But I, I I did get a slight vibe that maybe it was the 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 combiner the gestalt sort of was hearkening a little bit to armada starscream like that's kind of what the chess piece reminded me of just a little bit i I did want to bring up before like this all happens without miss prime and stuff there's another scene there's like so many scenes in this comic that don't don't make any sense there's the scene where like in the movie galvatron tries to turn against unicron you know he's like you know i don't know like, I am not, you know, you're not my master. It's like, yes, you, we belong to him. You know, that's what the sweeps and Cyclonus say. And this we have Starscream confronting Unicron. He's like, you know, Cybertron all his moves belong to me. And Unicron's like, no. Okay. It's like, well, that was that was a tension-filled, like, exposition that we really needed. It, it And, like, he lets Starscream live for no apparent reason. It's like, he even says, like, you know, he could destroy him if he wanted to. But he's like, nope, I don't feel like it. I'm like, what the fuck is your job, Unicron, just to, like, fuck with Starscream in this comic? And then, like, Starscream goes after Prime after, like, Unicron starts destroying Cybertron. Like, there's really, like, no reason for him to, like, keep following Unicron's, like, I, like orders at that point. Yeah, and but... they never they never seem to do something, like, I mean, because, you, you, you know, the, the rationale and logic is... Galvatron doesn't want to see Cybertron destroyed any more than Starscream or anybody else would, right? It's their home planet. But because they've already established that Unicron can torture what he reformats, 
you'd think there'd be some kind of callback to that, you know, like some reasoning why he'd have to obey Unicron. But I don't yeah, think you no. ever get a scene like that. Yeah, you never get the, the 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 blood red filter and you know Starscream screaming in pain, you know, or Mega Scream. Sorry, that awesome name. Um, I did want to bring up. I, I I think I got all of them, Mike. You have to help me out here. So Super Starscream's com- combiner is Dirge, Astro Train, Soundwave, and who else? Thrust, I think. Wow. Yeah, I was looking at a picture stuff. of it yeah, a second ago, but. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's some random ass picking there. Like, let's put Dirge on there. Um, I love Dirge, but like, wow, really Dirge? <laughs> well, obvious, obviously, we're all very critical of this, but you want to like go around and say something like, aside from maybe the art that we liked about this, like, I, like I, I have one moment that I liked, the the part where where Unicron like first appears over Cybertron and like everyone's like scared and Soundwave kind of pipes up and says you know as Decepticon commander Starscream it's your responsibility to go and like talk with that thing and then Starscream's like but but you know and then Soundwave's like you know the rules are clear this is like this is your job like, like I thought that rules are clear <laughs> when I talk about Unicron's bad comedy moment that was a good comedy moment I, that actually did get a smile out of me I, I did like that too yeah like I, I thought that was pretty funny like like a, almost like a sly like get back at Starscream for like you know <laughs> not saving Megatron on Soundwave's part or I, I something. I guess uh, for me, I can say th- this is probably a positive. Is it seems like the one thing of season three that was not totally slammed was when Prime busts into the Judge Chambers on Quintessa. They they do try to have a nod to the idea that. Prime sort of recognizes the planet and sort of has a passing familiarity like with the Quinnison sort of, but he can't quite place yeah. it. So at least that's sort and of like, him too. Yeah. it's kind of an acknowledgement of where things went in season three with them being, you know, the, the creators of Transformers, you know? So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go to bat for that as my, my positive note. Um, I guess the one thing I'll go to bat for is uh, suck my balls, bitches. Cup lives. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my old age, I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's who you'll be from now on, Cup. Shit piece. I don't know about that. Shit piece. Goldbug. Organize a strike team immediately. Yeah, like I, I think like Cup, Cup kind of got a good end of the deal in this for the most part. I mean, he seemed pretty in character, and he, he, he got to hang with mean, Optimus Prime. Don't you mean shit piece? And shit piece, yes. <laughs> he, he got shit piece made out pretty well. Like, he, you know, he got to hang yeah. out with the cool crowd. He got to live at the end, yeah. And like, maybe that's because you know, since Ironhide is dead, like they were like, you know, well, I guess there has to be an old guy still palling around with Optimus, but. Um, I, I just noticed this, guys, and I feel bad for this because I didn't notice it during the comic. But we were talking about like how season three got shafted. Blur's not even fucking in this. Yeah, no blur. Blur, come on, man, blur. Yeah, I don't think he, he wasn't even. On, I, I think you see him briefly in one of the scenes, like on Cybertron, before Optimus like departs for Unicron. But he certainly wasn't with Ultra Magnus's crew. So maybe they like left him behind in, on Autobot City or something. Um, I, I will say, like, uh, even though Derek is hosting, this was this was kind of an idea of Mike's. When you went into this deviation, being a, a an IDW fan as well as you know getting that sweet sweet free comics every month, uh, he's a reviewer, guys. Don't be jealous. Oh, be what, jealous. I get off on it. <laughs> be jealous as fuck. Did this like because I think the the big question I want to ask both you guys as longtime comic readers, and me myself, I did enjoy the series myself. Like, do you think this held up to what if in any way, shape or form? Or was it just like, oh, you're trying so hard, but you just no, no. Yeah, it holds up in the fact that all modern what ifs suck. Like, like <laughs> all, all Marvel's like modern what ifs yeah, tend to suck. So this I think that holds up to this that standard. But um, <laughs> it holds up to like, yeah, like people dying, like just because they can basically like. I don't know. Like, I, I love the concept of what if, but it's just, I think it's hard to get a writer who can do, like, a good story in a single, like, issue, like, nowadays, basically. And that what if 
is pretty much dependent on single issue stories. So that is kind of interesting because, like, I did read some articles before we started the show. Just curious what other people's takes on this were, but like, I did notice the comment like that some some people thought that this could have been a longer story. And I, I was kind of thinking, well, Jesus, like, you guys are really used to this padding for the trade business. I'm like, I don't see how it could be any longer. But I think they were pointing to, like, sort of the pointless deaths as, like, places where the story could have expanded. Like, instead of killing, like, Magnus and his crew, they could have met the Junkions. Like, instead of not meeting with Wheelie, they could have, you know, like, things like that. But it's like, oh, there's just I I think they were trying to give the writer the benefit of the doubt. It's like he doesn't hate season three. He just didn't have the time to include everybody, you know, which I don't really buy. But, you know, like that, that would seem to be a a perspective that somebody had. And I I kind of found that fascinating because I'm like sitting there going, geez, you know, like certain people really have a good, solid handle on You know, you either tell one solid story in a single issue or, I mean, it could be a multi-part story, but making that one single chapter a fulfilling story that also has its own beginning, middle, and an end. And I don't know that that's a skill that's necessarily in play right now, you know, in comics in general, you know, and and I think that was part of the appeal to this was like, you were like, oh, good, we're going to read a done in one story. And to some people, I guess you know, either those deaths being, you know, vindictive or not, you know, there is that aspect that this story felt kind of incomplete, if that makes any sense for a a done in one story, because you didn't really feel done, if that makes any sense. I I guess we should talk about how it ends, but I'll let I'll let Tony chime in with what he wanted to say first. Um, I I was about to say, I agree with your uh, idea of how a story should progress. It should have a beginning, middle, and end. And all three of those components, even if one is weaker, should still pull you into the story. I think this guy, he had he had this vision of he wanted uh, Rodimus to do a self-sacrificing thing at the end. Because, like you said, we don't know the guy, but the way the story plays out, he obviously has disdain for season three. And he wanted Optimus to be the big hero, but give Rodimus that shine. However, the first two parts of this story, the beginning and the middle, made Rodimus look like such a dick. Well, and like not even like, you know, an asshole dick, like a useless dick who couldn't do anything, that his self-sacrifice did not play out well. It was just like, oh, yeah, you did it. All right, good job. You know, and it's just like, it, that's why I think it felt also unsatisfying and like it wasn't finished because it was like, you really didn't care about Hot Rod. You were like... This guy hates himself, and he kind of sucks at everything. At least, by the way, you're telling the story. Why do I care that he gave up his life? You know, it well, it's like, like it's like he's a hapless incompetent for like three fourths of the story, and then at the end, he does the same exact thing he was trying to do at the beginning of the story, which is get involved in a fight between a life or death fight between Optimus and a Decepticon leader, right? But in this case. By since it's the end of the story now, it magically works out in his favor. He 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 slams into the combined Mega Scream fo- form and knocks Optimus, who was about to be crushed by the giant hand. He's basically barely clinging to life. He teleports him home with some invention of Wheeljacks, which I guess is a nod to some old G1 thing, probably. And then he opens up the Matrix, and then everything explodes. And you're just kind of sitting there going, well, you know, the last time they did that, he just fucking drove out of the goddamn eye and went home. Like, what, <laughs> why why, why did he have to stay there? Like, it's like, the, opening the Matrix doesn't blow you up. You know what I mean? It just, it destroyed <laughs> Unicron. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, but anyway, yeah, it ends with, yeah. like, Rodimus or, or or Hot Rod or whatever being, like, another cherished sacrificial lamb to the Matrix, basically. And it's like there's the little sort of Uncle Ben in the sky image of, of Hot Rod with Alpha Trion. And then, yeah, you know, Prime does the whole, you know, till all are one bit with uh, the rest of the... Autobots that are still around, which are, I guess, mostly G1 guys, right? 
Yeah. G1 forever! So, and, and that's how it ends. And then, you know, he's got a little write-up in the back introducing himself and everything, which, you know, I don't know, maybe it should have been put in the front, but, I mean, it, which I thought was a fine, interesting read about, you know, the the gentleman who wrote this. But at the same time, it just seemed like it was one of those things where, you're, uh, you know, I, I just wasn't too keen on how it all played out. And it seemed like there was a... You know, I, I'm not like, again, I'm not going to say I don't have my own personal biases. And if I was writing a comic, I wouldn't throw some of those in there. But, you know, to, to most people, I, I think I, I feel like even in reading the commentaries, even the people that are staunch G1 advocates, I, I think there's a certain degree where, you know, it kind of reminds me of like the same old things people fight on the Internet about over and over again. And it's one of those things where it's like, what, we're going to talk about Goku versus Superman again? Like, haven't we done this? Like, haven't we sort of settled this to our to our heart's content like you know that we everybody knows where everybody stands and i i sort of felt like that like with season three i mean i remember going on the the botok forums long long ago and being one of the you know rodimus advocates you know what i mean and and having those debates and 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 you know kind of fights with people or or at least discussions with people on the message board and all this other kind of stuff i mean i remember talking to friends of mine in college and sort of going dude you don't get it like season three is cool and i'm going to show you why and by the end of it it was like you know i I had sat down and made them watch all these episodes and they had a prejudice a bias but they hadn't really watched it it was almost like kind of like you know i know i know we did a thing about extreme ghostbusters and it's like i felt like that's kind of how i was about that show i never even bothered to watch it because it seemed like such a turnoff and i think a lot of people did that with season three where they went what not optimus prime not the g1 guys i'm familiar with i'm not even going to look at this but if you actually got people who were fans of transformers to actually watch season three and see how there were characters that had full arcs and you know they were fully realized three-dimensional characters with foibles and flaws and weren't just you know john wayne as a robot you know that could do no wrong you 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 sort of understood where people's appreciation for those characters came from and i i just think that this writer probably was one of those guys who never even got that far and so you're left with that well Geez, I thought everybody at least came to that realization at some point, even if even if season three isn't for them or it's not like their favorite season or set of Transformers. You know, maybe they like, they like Beast Wars or maybe they like, you know, I don't know, the freaking stupid Bayformer movies or maybe they like whatever. But the, the point is, I think, you know, that I, I would have hoped at this point that, you know, you know, the fact that they're not you know, classic season one, season two, OGG one guys, you know, I mean, I, you know, all hell Megatron, notwithstanding, you know, you, you'd think people would get over that shit, you know, but I don't know. Well, I, I remember like, even as a kid, um, the, the butt hurt was strong with me when Optimus Prime died. I was like, I was, I was, you know, who is this hot rod fuck? I hate him, man. No, you're not my Optimus Prime. But even as a kid, I started watching like season three when it came out and I was like, this is something new. This is like Transformers in space, which I know is probably one of the reasons why you like it, Derek. But uh, it was like a totally new dynamic. And it, you know, I mean, not to sound too metaphysical and highbrow, the whole idea of Transformers is change. They change into stuff. So the idea of changing what the series was, while risky and unfortunately didn't pay off as well as they wanted to, at the same time, they told some really good stories during that season. Yes, there's some clunkers. Yes, yes, Carnage and C minor. Yes, yes, we know. But at the same time, there's some really good stories and really enjoyable stuff. And if you just shut your head off and say, season one, two, nothing else matters, then you're missing out on some quality stories. And for that, yes, you give us something like this that I don't enjoy, but you're just missing out yourself. You're missing out on good entertainment. So I don't understand why you would want to be so close-minded. Yeah. I mean, uh, basically, I'd end by saying, like, the art was the best thing about this comic, basically. And I, I, I guess I'd also say, like, I would look in, like, I would not begrudge them to do another one, like, no, a different no. what if. But, like, mm. uh, I don't know. I think they'd have to get a more seasoned 
writer with Transformers. Like I looked like I was curious. So like I looked it up to see if Brandon Easton had ever written any other Transformers. And he did. He wrote the Dreamwave Armada comic, uh, the free comic book day Armada story. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, which was, uh, like, I remember like, it. Like a and decade it's, ago. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, like, by-the-numbers tale, and I don't remember, like, hating it or anything, but, like, uh, other than that, I think he wrote, like, an episode of Rescue Bots, and then that's it. So, like, I think, like, I'd love to see maybe, like, Simon Furman, like, write a, like, what if, because Simon Furman wrote some of the best Marvel what ifs, so, you know, I think he'd he'd be uniquely qualified for this kind of story. I'm kind of curious, yeah. just to, to deviate a little bit, deviate. <laughs> uh, I'm just curious, like, speaking of if they did move forward and do more deviations or make Transformers deviations a regular thing, is there something in particular, like some some facet of Transformers that you'd like to see explored other than, you know, what if Optimus Prime didn't die? I would say for me, it'd be, what if Optimus Primal didn't turn into a goddamn hippie guru in Beast Machines? I say that jokingly, but I mean it, too. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you, you're you're sort of serious, but, you know, not uh, you're almost not serious, but sort of serious. But uh, no, th- there's tons of points where I would have been like, yeah, like he not only like like in IDW continuity, but like in Marvel continuity, and you know even even stuff like what if like the the people aboard the Ark never woke up or mm. something, or uh, yeah, or who would discover Earth? Like what would happen? Like I, I don't know. There's this. I don't think I've ever thought of it. Like like I said earlier, like I think this is the most obvious one people could have thought of. Hey, and I, I got, like I, 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 got a, I got a good one, Mike. This might be good. What's that? What if Dinobot never changed to a Maximal? Yeah, that would be interesting. I just stayed a I mean, this, yeah. It, yeah, like I said, there's tons of them that you could do. Like, but I, I mean, I I haven't really thought of like specific ones that I would want. But I don't know. Like, I I think they would be have to be more creative than like the most obvious choice there was, basically. It's like, what is, if, is there one you were thinking of, Derek? What if Grimlock's new brain never went away? Wow. <laughs> that would be really fun, yeah. And, 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 and you see, that's, that's the funny thing, though, Derek, is, like, there were some what-ifs that were like that. They were, like, not comedic, but they were, you know, small thing that if it had happened, it, would, it could change everything, you know? Because that's what, like, what-ifs did really good. I was going to bring this up real quick. Because one of the things we have a problem with is how it's they... like they they can't do it because they don't have the rights. But I'm like, what if Circuit Breaker wasn't such a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Josie, you're such a bitch. <laughs> but uh, what what uh, one thing that I was going to talk about is how we all kind of this this one shot kind of shit because they killed off a lot of characters that not only became important later on, but they didn't get a chance to do anything as far as like, cause, cause if you imagine this was the movie, these would have been fucking background characters. RC didn't even have a line in this movie mm. with the Marvel ones, not the new ones, but the old school ones. They had a little bit of reverence. Yes. They would kill people. Yes. They would like do horrific things to well-loved characters, but the narratives fit it. Like when someone died in those books, you were like, Oh shit, hell no. You killed him. Or you killed her. It like it actually affected you, and then by the end of the story, a lot of the what ifs I read from like especially like you know the old days, they they kind of made me sad, you know. Like I remember the uh, what if uh, Peter Parker had never given up the alien symbiote? Venom sucks out all his life energy because it's not a symbiote; it's a parasite. And it, it, they have this little panel where Felicia's still you know piling around with him, and she comes in, she's like, "Spider reads thinks he's come up with something." And Peter Parker, at 68 years old, is dead on at his table trying to come up with a way to beat, beat Venom. And I'm like, that was so much more powerful than fucking, you know, Springer, RC, and Ultra Magnus just fucking taking a swan dive on the planet junk, you know? Well, you, you've got that fine line. I mean, I know I know Mike said all the modern what-ifs were pretty 
poorly done but you know there is that common gag of like oh who gets to die in a what if like spider-man gets to die because you know sometimes he's summarily executed like for no good reason you know like it's like that you know dollar will get you 10 that like spider-man gets like shot in the face or something stupid in a what if you know and it's like some of them like you just mentioned could be a really poignant and and emotionally charged death and some of them can be just a throwaway like you know death that doesn't really mean much of anything you know he turns into a vampire and wolverine stabs him or something you know or whatever like so you know like they're there and and in this case you know th- this deviation sort of it leaned towards that more than the poignant thing you were describing yeah i, I just think there was like a misvote because like like you said eric you know i'm not sure like mike's standpoint i know he doesn't hate season three i know that for a fact but like me and you we we are kind of advocates of season three and I don't know if the writer understood this, but like, yes, I did feel bad about season one characters getting killed off in the movie. It didn't, you know, make me butt hurt. But this is doing the exact same thing. I love Springer. He's one of my favorite characters. I've grown to really appreciate these characters. And you're just killing them off willy nilly in really horrible ways. And also, as Mike stated, making them go against character type. Ultra Magnus is an asshole. Springer like yells at his friend. And I'm like, Dude, I don't know if he really understood season three. I agree with you, Derek. I don't know if this guy even watched season three. Well, I'd I'd, I'd like to think that, like in this reality, like the the problem that Bumblebee and Spike encountered on Moonbase Two was that like the toilet, the space toilet was like not functioning. <laughs> so like they could still keep like their same dialogue. Like Spike was would be like, "Oh shit, what are we gonna do now?" And Bumblebee <laughs> could be like, "We're being sucked into it." Insert flush <laughs> noise here. all right all right on that note i think it's time to wrap up this episode if you guys who are listening have any comments questions concerns if you totally disagree and think transformers deviation was the shiznit let us know we uh can be reached at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Of course, we're on the regular fanholespodcast.blogspot. We are on Stitcher Radio, where you can stream our episodes. We're on iTunes. We'd appreciate any feedback that you leave on all kinds of social medias, such as Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. So we are on all those. You can reach us anytime. Uh, Speaking of feedback, I I do want to give a shout-out to someone who gave us a shout-out as well. It was from a personal message on our Facebook, so I'm not going to divulge his name. He may not want me to divulge his name, but it kind of made my week. Uh, Derek showed me this, uh, and I quote, I'm not sure anyone will actually read this, but I just want to say thank you for what you do. I'm 33 years old, and I was searching for old toys from my childhood when I suddenly remember one of my favorite toys I ever had. I only have one tiny little figurine that survived these past three decades or so somehow in our home. I found your website online, and when I came across a picture of that exact toys I was looking for, Starcom. Thank you so much for this. I was moved to tears when I found it and saw your website. I never knew the makers of Starcom, let alone the name at all. But I did have the toys. I had the Black Shadow Bat and a few other sets, which got lost about 25 years ago. I made it my goal to find these toys and purchase them somehow. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This brought joy to my heart. Sir, that brings joy to my heart. I love doing my top tens. I usually do them for myself just because I think they're fun to do. But if it helped rekindle like something of your collector heart, dude, there's nothing more than what we like on the show than getting people into stuff or bringing them back to something they used to love. So uh, I really appreciate that, man. It really helped me through a tough day. So thank you again for the feedback. Yeah, good job, Tony. Yeah, nice. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Transformers Tuesdays. Of course, we have plenty of other spin-off shows, such as Mobile Suit Mondays, Sentai Saturdays, and Toku Thursdays. And, of course, we have the proper Fan Holes podcast. So if you've enjoyed listening to TF Tuesdays, we hope you consider checking out all the other shows. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, shadowily in the background, but you totally know it's me. Signing off. Hey, it's Mike. I don't know. I think I'd rather have been killed by night birds. <laughs> uh, this is Tony, and um, yeah, because of this, I decided to drink more than usual, and I am now mega drunk. Mega drunk.
you'll combine with all the fan holes into mega drunk Tony or something. Yeah, Justin will be my left leg, and I'm like, why is my left leg so much drunker than me? <laughs> <laughs> the Hot Wheels car you bought, and the yeah, Nova yeah. car. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know what the first thing I said when I saw the Black Panther car? Mufasa. What kind of car is that? <laughs> what kind of car is that? <laughs> oh, thank you. Enjoy the meal. <laughs> it started recording with no trouble. Ah, okay. Maybe they finally worked that shit out. Wowie, wow, wow. Sometimes in a different universe, a podcast could go unhindered. <laughs> It's like the hot rod didn't uh, put in the latest Skype update this this week. <laughs> Damn it, hot rod! Like, ah. Oh.